0: In today's episode, we are talking about something that affects men, women, and children. According to the United Nations, human trafficking affects every country in the world, but it is not talked about enough. So today we are talking about it. We are going to be uncovering all of the misconceptions that we hear in the news and media when it comes to human trafficking. If anyone who is listening needs help, the National Human Trafficking Hotline to connect to services and support for survivors is one 373 7888 or text 233733 to chat with someone who can help. And lastly, a listener discretion is advised for this episode. We are here with Hannah Metter, and I am so excited to have her on today. She is from AFA. She writes for The Stand, and I'm gonna have her explain that a little bit of what that is to you guys. So Hannah, you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I'm so grateful to be on, and it's such an honor for you to have me on today, and I'm really excited about our conversation. Um, but um, my name is Hannah Mether and I recently was married in August, my husband and I live in Tupelo, um, which is the home of the American Family Association, our kind of headquarters, um, which is where I am employed, and I write for the Stand magazine and also the Sand blog. Um, so they are kind of two different things, one's a print magazine, one's online. Um, but I've been here for three years in May, so um, it's been a really awesome time. And it's an awesome place to work. Um, it's really spirit-filled, and we learn new things every day, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I um,
0: was in awe about your articles. I love reading them. And um, the y'all also produce a magazine, correct? Correct, yes. Yes, so um, do you wanna explain a little bit about AFA to listeners if they don't
1: know about it? Yes, so the American Family Association, we um, are a nonprofit and um we um, kind of focus on faith family and culture kind of are the three big things um we are very conservative um, um so a lot of our radio talk shows um our hosts speak the truth and they bring the truth the word um from, from the Bible straight, and also keeping up with what's happening in um, in the culture as it is with, um, like, pro-life bills, mm. human trafficking, um, all sorts of different topics. Um, what's going on in media, um, we're really big on that and what kids are seeing. Um, we try to keep an eye out for that to help warn parents. So we're abundant. We have a studio. Um, we have all sorts of news networks, so we're We're
0: we're all over the place. Hey, but you are hitting every single target in our culture, which I appreciate um, from like a teenage perspective where a lot of my friends and even myself before I was like, before 2020, um, there were things that either Netflix was producing or now that we're seeing Disney produce that is Mm -hmm. very... um, It doesn't follow what the Bible says, and I think parents should be extremely careful when it comes to what their kids are watching. But um, aside from that, today we are going to be talking about human trafficking. It is a heavy topic, um, but I'm so excited to have you on and talk to our listeners about it because I know you have great views on the topic, and we're going to really be breaking down misconceptions that we hear either in media or news when it comes to modern-day slavery or human trafficking. We can use either term. So do we want to start with basically the definition of modern-day slavery, human trafficking, as we see it now?
1: Yeah, that works with me. Um, And I will say, so human trafficking, first and foremost, there's kind of different types of human trafficking. There's sex trafficking, which is what I'm going to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also forced labor. Um, Forced labor and sex trafficking are really the biggest Um, and sex trafficking will be the one that I discuss. But um, sex trafficking occurs when someone uses force, fraud or coercion um, to cause a commercial sex act with an adult or minor. Um, In a commercial sex act, a lot of people don't know what that means because you think, okay, what what does all that entail? That is pornography. That is strip clubs. That is any form of the sex industry um, where sexual exploitation is taking place. And it's classified as trafficking when, when an act is committed in exchange for anything of value. So that means like it can be a, clo- it can be clothes. It can be money. It can be clothes. It can be a roof over your head. It can be drugs. Um, when they are performing an act to have something of value, that is, that is, that is the legal definition that's extra trafficking. So.
0: Right. Um, And I like that you pointed out the different ways that trafficking appears in our society and really going into, like you said, sex trafficking. You said minors. Let's highlight on that a little bit.
1: Yes. So a lot of people, I think, and this kind of goes into your misconception questions, Mm -hmm. um, but um, a lot of people, when you think sex trafficking, um, you might think kind of older girls, who, I don't know, I mean, there's tons of movies where you've got kind of the scantily-clad-dressed women. They're they're women. Um, But in reality, um, this also has a lot to do with pornography, um, but um, it is becoming younger and younger. So the average age of a trafficking victim is 12 years old. Now, that's the average age. Unfortunately, a lot of the times it's much, much younger to the point where there are even mothers who are pregnant that will sell their unborn baby Mm. to a pimp or trafficker in order to have that act um and and knowing full full well that that's probably you know that to put it pretty straight that's probably going to kill the baby um and so like and i'm sorry for being so graphic Mm. but that's the way it is and um So when I talk about sex trafficking, it's very important to realize um, that it's children a large majority of the time, instead of, instead of women, my age, I'm 24, um, you're 17. So even 17 is too old, almost um, in this realm of, um, honestly, it's a horrific crime. It is. So, but in, and to touch on that too, this kind of, I'm sorry, if if I deviate too far, just tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, But pornography is a big play in trafficking. Not only are the performers often trafficked, but from a buyer standpoint, a lot of the times you see people, I mean, you think of even Ted Bundy, who had a pornography addiction and went on to killing all of these women, you know, like it starts out as a light maybe something even you would see on mainstream media, you know, maybe it's the girl dressed a little, she's, she's throwing a little bit, but you know, and then it progresses to hardcore porn and even further to the point where no longer is the porn images or videos going to get you to that stage of completion. And so they start buying and they start buying, maybe they will start buying an older girl prostitution and all of that, that it's going to get younger and younger because you just reach a point where, it's not enough. Right. Um, and so um, porn does have a lot to do with that um, and, and the age of which a um, of ourselves
0: is. That. Right. I want to come back to the porn industry after yes. this question really quickly. So you said something about Ted, Ted Bundy, and he was around in like the 70s. And one of the misconceptions I think that we see a lot, even in movies, is that the American public thinks, thinks of human trafficking as what happened with Ted Bundy, where he was right. um, kidnapping these women and violently, like, taking advantage of them and then murdering them violently. How is that view of what Ted Bundy <coughs> is doing? How does that not, or how has that affected how parents or the public see human trafficking
1: now? Right. So also, you know, in in a it kind of back in Ted Bundy's day, also, it was more magazines. Mm. Um, so the problem we have in our society today is our cell phones. It's social media. Um, and pe- kidnappers, let me tell you, these pimps, they are smart. Mm. They see these girls as a dollar sign. Like, they know what they want. They know how to get them. They're not dumb about it. Um, they are going to, to put it in teeny bopper terms, they're going to slide into these DMs mm-hmm. and they are going to pick the girls that are vulnerable, um, the girls that maybe have a harder family life or maybe are really insecure. Um, I've often heard, like, you know, if you're walking down in a mall um, and maybe like it was me and you and we were having a conversation, but there was a third girl who is on our phone and kind of is not paying attention, kind of distant. That's the girl that the traffickers are going to want because what they do is they start telling her she's beautiful she's got all this potential she's smart and they can they'll love her they'll give her these gifts they'll just give her this better life Um, and usually what happens is they make these promises kind of have that boyfriend girlfriend relationship so to speak Um, you know the girl falls for the guy and from then on, it can progress to the pornography, like they'll send the pictures. Um, and then from that point, the pimp has something on the girl. And they usually use that as, "Do you wouldn't want your parents to see these pictures I have of you. Or what if I were to that would ruin your life mm-hmm. if I throw these around, you know? And so it's a moment of where these girls are completely without anywhere to go. So they go with the pimp. Um, And I've often heard it, um, I think, I could be wrong, I meant to check this, I think it's one of the fastest growing crimes in the world, and it may be second, I'm not entirely sure on that, I'll have to go back and check. Um, But drug trafficking is obviously pretty high Mm -hmm. too. Um, But the reason sex trafficking is so much more powerful is because, you know, you can only sell a drug once. Drug dealers, they sell it, they're done. Um, with a body, with a girl, with a boy, and this happens to boys too. I don't mean to just keep saying girls. Um, they can sell it, you know, five, six times a night, um, which is horrifying to think about. Um, but at the same time it's the truth. Um, so it's a very lucrative business, um, model. I had a stab, I'm sorry. Um, uh, there is, and I can send you, I don't know if you do, like, show notes or anything. Yes, I do.
0: Uh, so, anything I you can... share, I can share. Okay, that
1: would, yeah, I'll, I'll get it to mm-hmm. you.
0: So, sorry. I'm gonna no, you're me. good. So, while you uh, pull that up, um. you yeah, go ahead. While, where, I'm trying to think of a question that, because, it like, I'm sitting here, no, I'm sitting here, and I'm, like, in shock. Like, I knew some of this stuff. I knew, Pretty much most of it. But when I talk to other people or when you see something on social media and even with the Super Bowl this year, you look at Mm -hmm. articles that said, oh, here's uh, breaking the myths about human trafficking that's going to escalate during the Super Bowl. But then Mm -hmm. there was an article that came out where thousands of women were trafficked during that weekend. Why is the media being so secretive about it? Why are they
1: not saying it? Is it a money connection or... I, so that's, I guess it's all kind of speculation because I can't prove any of it, but I can't help but think, um, I can't help but think, you. uh, I don't know if you kept up the Jelaine Maxwell case, Jeffrey Epstein's um, mistress, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and her, it kind of went hush hush. Mm-hmm. Um, she just kind of magically disappeared, and she had this big old long list of names that were sealed. Right. Um, and so, and it's it's a kind of a hard thing to grapple with. But I think it's because um, people in power use it. Right. Um, I think that that case alone had we have seen the list of names that actually, you know, I mean Prince Andrew, we know for sure, right? That's mm-hmm. been confirmed. So that's yes. written power right there. Um, I think that people in power utilize it and the people in power are the ones that can stop it but why would they stop it if they enjoy it um and i think that also our culture has gone from um i'm sorry um we, we we praise the sex industry um i know you and i are kind of in that same age bracket where you've got like lizzo and party b which i don't listen to but, you know, they're all about, yes, the sex industry is empowerment. Escort services are empowerment. Yes, love your body, use your body, blah, blah, blah. That's a lie. That is a lie. Like, um, and I, I, you mentioned the Super Bowl. Um, I think it was two years ago, maybe JLo did mm-hmm. the Super Bowl yes. at Shakira. And it was, very, I mean, was very bad. appropriate all the way around. Um, and I just, and and JLo had her daughter Mm -hmm. up on stage with her for one of those songs. And I just remember thinking, if she had any clue what really happens in the sex industry, there is no way you would be marrying your daughter like that and decreasing this lifestyle. Um, so I think, I think they try to fool, um, fool girls like us maybe. And I'm not saying we're going to be trafficked. That's not at all what I'm saying. Um, but when it's more acceptable, Mm -hmm. um, and, and it is in media right now, um you know it's it's like it's not there right the right. trafficking
0: right and there's more um voices for it than against it exactly. Mm-hmm. and that's what i hope that every listener goes away with today that don't be afraid to speak what you find if you find something and you have evidence behind it and you know the source is good share it that's why we have social media um we have social media to be voices for those who don't have voices in the case of the pro-life movement which does have ties to um sex trafficking and human trafficking um and so I just say that use your voice if you are proactively um using your social media to use it for good um that's that's one of my (laughs) no absolutely Um, And then, so as we're talking about media, let's Mm -hmm. address some misconceptions. Um, One of the questions I have is, do all victims come from low-income backgrounds?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) There is really no set, um, there is no set class in race um, that is affected by um, human trafficking or sex trafficking. Because um you also have to think which is kind of awful to say i guess too but think in the mindset of a buyer like they different people want different things which mm-hmm. sounds really heartless but that's the truth too um again a lot of people think that sex trafficking is like the movie taken which even now is a really dated movie um and it is kidnapping and that does happen um now do I necessarily think that in today's time that kidnapping is a good correlation to sex trafficking? No, I don't. I think that somebody could kidnap you and do bad things to you or whatever the case may be. But I really think that the grooming technique Mm -hmm. is the way that they do it nowadays. Um, And again, that can be anybody from the suburbs, suburbs um, you
0: know, to the lower class, um, and, yeah. yeah. We, and we saw that that was the technique that Ghislaine and Epstein used, so it makes sense that they found out what worked for them, found out how to find girls, he used Ghislaine as the person to scout out people at schools where girls were, or boys, either one, but it was mainly women in this, um, case, but they would groom them basically. And do you want to, I know um, this is uncomfortable to talk about and listen to, I know, but we got to talk about it. So do you want to define grooming? Because I don't think a lot of parents or people know what that means.
1: So grooming is a lot like I talked about when it comes to social media. Um, And some of the signs that you can look for, um, there's different ways. There's the promise kind of for for a job a mm-hmm. lot of foreigners will come to the states um, expecting a job i don't know if you've ever seen the maybe priceless by for king and country yes. but i would totally recommend that um there is the boyfriend girlfriend lover type situation um where you start talking to a guy and he you know is over the moon and he finds you all of these bougie presents and um there's just different types of ways that these guys work. There's a friend. Um, there's one where, you know, a girl meets a friend at school and Mm -hmm. they become via at school. Then one night they go to stay at their friend's house, never come home. Um, so there's all different kinds of ways, um, that you can be groomed. But the biggest, like I've said, is social media. Um, because they really want you to make, they really want to make the victim feel like, loved, that they're cared about, that they have a future, if they'll come with them, and um, a way that you can kind of tell that a girl has been groomed or maybe mm-hmm. is maybe is being in the whole process of being trafficked. Um, I'll share a story. Um, back in my hometown, I have a friend who worked um, really um, head-on with human trafficking, and uh, she said that she was at her Sunday school class. Like she was teaching Sunday school and a high school girl came in. Um and she kind of had all of these new clothes and some new purses and she had all of these presents, a new phone. Um, and she started talking about this new boyfriend. And we're about an hour and a half from Memphis. Um, and so she was this boyfriend was coming down from Memphis and was gonna pick her up at school and um take her for a date like he was going to take her home when she was going to live with him it was this big old thing she had all planned out they were in love well um, my friend she was like hold up um you know can you tell me a little bit about this boy how did you meet and she had met him on facebook um it was a facebook friend who she didn't know but had a mutual friend um and so she accepted the friend request and they started talking Um, and basically my friend told her, her husband was in law enforcement and she said, if you, if you go with him, you're never coming home. Like you will not see your parents again. And she was still kind of gung ho about going. Um, but thankfully the Lord intervened and she didn't go. And they came, they came to find out that he was part of a gang that was really, um, working out of Chicago. So, um, they thought that that probably would have been where she would have ended up or, um, up North. Um, but like I said, social media, um, Facebook, they'll do that. I know Facebook is kind of getting older, Mm -hmm. like my parent, my mom and grandmother use Facebook, so it's not as hip, um, but Instagram too. Um, and I heard from one of the seminars I was in, um, someone say, you know, if, if a parent doesn't know the child, like in real life, Mm -hmm. um, they have no business being on, their friend list on their followers list following each other because you just don't know who you're talking to and I don't think that's changed over the big years mm-hmm. you know I know that since the internet's been a thing that's been a thing um but social media is definitely kind of the starting point for that grooming and um gifts are another big one that you can kind of start telling um absolutely so.
0: absolutely um and that story I am so glad that that girl um God intervenes. That that's a huge thing that you were describing it, and as we're listening, it sounds like a movie. It literally sounds like a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but this is real life. This is actually happening. And something else I wanted to talk about was that the border crisis. People never talk about how that's affecting human trafficking and how that's affecting sex trafficking and Mm -hmm. making it more prevalent. But. That makes, like, the gangs, and um, Mm -hmm. I've read into it where it talks about where girls are more prevalent to get picked up, it's more violent, all of these different things. Um, But that's another thing to point out, that because our border is open, we're having Mm -hmm. more of that come in. Um, Another question about myths is that, what is the most dangerous myth about human trafficking, do you think?
1: I think that it doesn't happen here <laughs> mm. um, like um, and, and I'll say even for myself when I was your age um, I didn't really come in contact with the whole trafficking realm um, until I was in college um, but you think it happens in India in the red light districts you think it's in China and you think it's overseas Um and people just have this misconception that it could never happen to my child. Um, it could never happen in my community. Um, and like I just said, that last story that I shared, you know, that, that was a small, a small town. Like I'm telling you, we have one red light, like it is kind of in the boonies, <laughs> but it happens everywhere. And, um, I kind of mentioned to you a little bit too, um, regions, um, unfortunately another part of trafficking is familial trafficking mm-hmm. um which is where a parent will traffic a parent or a family member mm-hmm. um will traffic a child and it could be for a, a number of things but um i've noticed especially in the south um for drugs that is kind of the common um, common factor um is we will see parents that you know, people just want that high, and so they'll pimp out their daughter or son for, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so it's happening not only in big cities. I mean, Memphis. You think Memphis and Chicago and New York? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, there's a lot of people there, right? Um, but no, it's 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 in the South. It's in your little hometowns. It's the ones one stoplight towns. You know, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And in all shapes and forms. Right. Um, and with, I, I think I told you, you know, 12 is the average age, but a lot mm-hmm. of the times when you're in the familial, familial rings, sorry, that's a hard word. It is. <laughs> um, it is um, they, the abuse starts a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of conditioned to experience the abuse and then ultimately sold Um for a number of things, and it may not be sex, it may be, you know, it may be stripping, it may be pornography, it's just, like I said, in the sex industry, um, it can be any of those things and still be classified as sexual. Um,
0: Um, And with that, if we're going to talk about, like, call to action for people, what are ways that we can pick up on that? In a sense, how would we
1: know if yes. that's happening to kids? So let me scroll down to the Um And I meant to say earlier too. So mm-hmm. worldwide, um, there are thirty million people estimated to be enslaved. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, there's two point five million, and that came from the Florida um, Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a pretty big number and you had mentioned the Super Bowl earlier and I just wanted to touch on this I'm yes. sorry no, you're good. um back it up <laughs> um it's the the Super Bowl I've, I've heard the same thing about it being a busy night and it is a busy night um however if you do try to dig into that you may not find anything because they're going to say which it's true they're going to say that it happens every night and so it's, it's, it's an undercover yes. crime, you know. It's not like people drunk driving, getting DUIs. So it's hard to get an exact number. So even these numbers of 2.5 million, that seems like, whoa, that's a lot. But in reality, there's probably – it's probably much higher. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that's another thing. Human so, trafficking is hard to trace. Yeah. It's hard to – Because Mm -hmm. there are the cases of your daughter didn't come home. Your daughter or son didn't come home. So that's Mm -hmm. something where it's either, well, is it the case of were they kidnapped? Were they human trafficked? There are so many things. So it's hard to classify, especially with the Super Bowl, where they were putting out some numbers, but it was just here and there kind of trickling down Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you never know. It's such a secret um, crime um, that is happening. So I just wanted to
1: say that real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's, and I think that's why it's important to pay attention to the signs. You know, um, sometimes you're at the gas station and you see a girl and you're like, hmm, what? what? something rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, just a couple of signs, I'm just going to read them. It can be physical abuse marks such as burns, bruises, or cuts. Um, maybe an oversexualized behavior, and that's kind of more for a familial case. If in a, in a classroom, maybe um, overly tired in class, um, withdrawn, depressed, distracted, um, brags about making or having lots of money, um, and the, then the apparel has changed. Maybe there's new expensive clothes, accessories, or shoes, um, and that's kind of if you're just in your day-to-day life. Um, you may see a new tattoo. Traffickers are very big about branding, like literally like cattle. Um, I talked to a girl who actually would remove tattoos or change the tattoos. Um, it's a lot of crown stuff on the top, on the bottom of their lips. So, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be the names or it'll be a gang symbol, um, so that the, the pimp can find her. Um, and you may just see she may start bragging about a new boyfriend or new friends that have a different lifestyle. Um, so those are just a couple signs of a victim. And then signs of a pimp, which is kind of hard. Like I, And also I want to say, if you see someone who you think, and I'm going to give you the trafficking hotline number, but never intervene. Never, never. A lot of people want to be like, yes, I'm going to go bust these girls out of human trafficking. I'm going to save the day. No, that is law enforcement's job. They have been trained. Um, how to do this and also in some instances you can spook them like you were talking about it's an under undercover crime but they move so fast if they get let win that you know the police may be on their way they're going to move those girls and hot hell out of there. um impants are very um jealous and controlling a lot of the times the girl will have won't be able to speak for herself or she won't have like her driver's license or any form of identification the man will have it um and um you know they're just kind of vague about what they do they're pushy um which is kind of hard to see just like if you were in a store or whatever um so i would direct you to like look for more signs of a victim um in in you know in the victim itself rather than try to identify Mm against but usually what i have seen is the girl will be quiet and the guy will kind of be towering over them and the girl won't be able to talk to anybody you may have seen like on flights the flight attendant will pass like a like a note or something like hey are you okay and then she ended up saving the girl because she actually was trafficked um so just to learn the signs and to be aware and it's important that Everybody knows that. Um, You know, teachers, you think teachers, like I was talking about the familial trafficking or whatever the case may be, teachers, doctors, um, gas station employees. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a slew of people. Mm -hmm. By knowing that signs, could save someone's life or multiple people's life for that matter. Right. Um,
0: I like how you said not to intervene. I think that is a great, that was on a lot of websites I read about, especially with those who work with law enforcement Mm -hmm. to help women in sex trafficking or men, either one. Um, Yes. And it's hard. It's hard because it's the um, way we have been taught that it's only girls, but don't don't get it wrong. It is men and women, boys and girls that can be trafficked. Mm -hmm. It is a horrific act. Um, but we can't just say girls. It's also male and female. So, um, But I really appreciate you saying that to our listeners because it does happen where we are not trained in the aspect to help these women. There are trained professionals, and I know it will feel hard if you do encounter that situation where you're like, oh, I've, I've heard about this. I, I know... I'm pretty sure this person's being trafficked, but the right response to do is to let those who have been trained in the um, in the action of helping those in, in the, sex trafficking right. do their job. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and even the ladies you know that do shelters and stuff aftercare, mm-hmm. they have to be so specifically trained. Um, because nine times out of ten, um, you kind of think we have this complex where we think, oh, if we save this girl, if this girl gets out of trafficking, she's going to be happy, she's going to be healthy. Well, a lot of times, that's all the girl knows. Right. Um, and so she's, she goes back, um, gets lost, or goes to a different pimp. Um, and so there's a lot of just back and forth there that even people who volunteer at a mm-hmm. shelter have to be trained to do, much like Absolutely. law enforcement
0: absolutely that's with our rescue i believe they do an aftercare program Mm -hmm. um and i think that programs like those are very vital when it comes to the healing process of human and sex trafficking because like you said that's all they know um and it it makes me sad to know that but at the same time we have to help them again at the same time right um so Let's address one more um, misconception before we go on a little bit more. Does human trafficking occur in the U.S.? Um, I think that is, we've talked about it a little bit, but let's expand.
1: Okay. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there are 2.5 million estimated um, in the in the states right now, um, and the top states currently for human trafficking, and I, I believe that they get this based off of arrest, um, is California, Texas, and Florida. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, you won't have been one of those. Um, <laughs> Oops. Um, um, but according to, the part of, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, every two minutes a child is trafficked um, for the purpose of sexual exploitation in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you think about that, how long have we been talking, 30, 20 minutes, and how many children just announced that span, have been trafficked, and in the U.S. alone, um, so it happens all over, um, all over the United States, um, in every, in every town, I keep saying that, because it's true, like, a lot of people really don't understand that it's in your hometown, it's, it's not just overseas, and then it's not just in cities, and it's not just in, you know, like, California, it's a big Hollywood, or New York, you know, it's, it's, it's literally
0: everywhere. Absolutely, and now that we have fully scared our listeners, <laughs> um, I want to talk about a few ways that um, now that we know that it is prevalent anywhere and everywhere in the United States, outside of the United States, for those who are traveling. Um, and if we're going to use an example like the movie Taken, we were talking about that a little bit, um, where right. it happened outside of the United States. When you travel you have to be so careful. So let's talk about maybe some strategies um, for anyone. What are ways that we can protect ourselves and um, be alert when it comes to human trafficking?
1: So that is funny you bring that up because I don't know if you've ever been traveling and stopped at a rest stop. My parents would always stop at rest stops. And usually on the back of the women's door, I don't know if you've noticed them before, but they will have the human trafficking hotline Mm -hmm. um, and it'll kind of say like signs for human trafficking or whatever. Um, But always, always be alert. And that is not just like when you're traveling necessarily, but when you're walking out of Walmart, I used to have the biggest problem of just sitting in my car like you know, my car was usually locked, but my I would just be sitting there with the radio on or watching something on my phone and had no clue what was happening around me. Somebody could have been under my car, somebody could have been trying to get in my car, somebody could have broken the window for all I would have known. Um but having a a high alert of your surroundings looking around and that's gonna Kind of like I mentioned earlier, that's going to turn off the trafficker as well, because they don't, they look for people who aren't paying attention, who are kind of more self or, or insecure about themselves. Um, and, um, I mean, I'm always, my grandmother-in-law tells me that I need to carry around a can of wasp spray. <laughs> because she's like, shoot so far Hannah, you need to use it. And I was like, okay, grandmother, well, <laughs> I'm not so sorry about that. Um, but She's looking out for you. She's looking out for you.
0: So everyone buy a wasp spray. We're all going
1: to protect ourselves. We're going to start a movement. Thanks, grandmother. Um, but uh, yeah, and I—I I mean, I can say this because you're in Texas. I'm not bad about saying it. I do can, and I'm old enough to have my um, carry permit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, often I carry. Um, but I really think that the biggest is just to be alert and I would never go anywhere by myself if I didn't have to, um, (laughs) you know, and you always see girls go to the bathroom together. Like, I I mean, if I don't have to go to, if I don't have to go to Walmart by myself, I'm not going to go to Walmart by myself. You know, it's just the time we live in. You just never know. Um, but looking around and being alert, people are probably gonna Mm -hmm. catch that something's, you know. You're
0: aware. You're a smart one. <laughs> yes, but. you're aware. Um, I think that's a great a tip of advice. And even like you said, if you are at a restaurant, I know that some of my friends do this. When you are at a restaurant, even if you go to the restroom, maybe ask someone to go with you if you feel Mm -hmm. uncomfortable in that restaurant there are restaurants that I've been into where I don't feel comfortable and I'm like hey Mm -hmm. will you come with me or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be so that there is someone else because I think also and you can um weigh in on this but if there are more than just the one single person that they might not be more likely to attack you
1: or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and well I think this what is the saying, like the strength in numbers. Like I really think that's true too because I mean unless there's a whole gang of people waiting on you, you know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be kinda of hard to get six or five or six girls, whatever, however many, you know. Um Right. So
0: Yeah. Um the next question I have is what are some of um the connections between foster care and human trafficking?
1: That is a fabulous question. When you sent that to me, I was like, ah, oh, I love it. Okay. Because um, that's something that a lot of people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the um, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children um, recently released their 2021 um, stats, and it said that in more than 25,000 cases, um, one in six um, were runaways, children who were victims of, of child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, kind of with the foster care system, it, it kind of goes back to that not having a place, not feeling loved um, that traffickers kind of prey on. And also, when you're moving from place to place, you don't really have a home. And I interviewed someone in Texas um, from the fostering collective mm-hmm. not too, too long ago. And uh, that well, was about a year ago. But anyway, he was talking about how, you know, sometimes they get overrun. And you may have girls in a police department or are trying to place these children, and they're just kind of out there in the open in the middle of uh, wherever, wherever they're being housed for the night or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that makes it easy for runaways to happen um, and they just, they don't have a place. So um girls know that and they tend to pray, mm-hmm. um, pray on, and again, boys and girls. Um, mm mm-hmm it's it seems more boys nowadays too i don't I know really know how that's changed but um but still the large majority is girls and women like um, boys are to not be forgotten about in that situation either um but yes
0: absolutely yep can't forget them um but this this question really like um it's close to my heart because, I mean, I'm adopted. I have a brother who's adopted. I know a lot of people who are in the foster care system um, as well as have been adopted, fostered to adopt. And um, it is that situation where I've known people who are sitting at either the DPS um, uh, or either human resources whatever it is um for these police departments and they're just sitting there they don't have any supervision they have nothing like this and that's an easy way for them to be picked up um and it's just it makes me so sad that even in those situations where it's hard to place kids the foster care system we talk about this with the pro-life movement where people say that it's better for them to have an abortion than put their care in foster care system, which is really hard to debate because, yeah, like there are kids who can't find placements and they're moving from house to house to house. And, um, again, I'm wondering if that really, um, like we said, women or men who are in human trafficking, they go back to human trafficking because that's what they know. Do you think that's the same situation?
1: I- I I don't have the proof for that, but I would agree. I think that it's the same just bouncing around. Mm -hmm. And when that's all you know, that's all you've grown up with, especially if you were young in the foster care system, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it would make the most sense to me as well. Um, Well, and also I think too that, you know, you have these feelings of shame and guilt of what you've done Mm -hmm. and traffickers will try to hammer in your head, you know, you're not worth anything. You've done this. Nobody's ever going to love you which is a lot, um, but, um, but yeah, I do. I think that mixed in with mm-hmm. having bounced around their whole life, I think that plays pretty heavy into it.
0: Right, um, and I want, I want you to share your story with us. Um, so talk about like, how did you become aware of what human trafficking was and what are some articles that you've written on it for the stand? Great
1: question. Um so I I just got an email from the stand. (laughs) Um I um so my story kind of started when I was a senior in high school and um I was raised in a very conservative, very Christian household. You know, we were there every time the church doors were open. Um but in the South and in my Baptist church, uh I didn't know, I never heard much about human trafficking. And I think um I don't know if this is a South thing or if this is and everywhere thing, um, that I heard you hear words, or names or slang terms mm-hmm. about girls who maybe live a more promiscuous lifestyle. know whether or not they know Jesus, that is not for me to say. You know, I can't judge anybody's heart. Right. But you hear these words, and so you kind of just hear sex. Sex is bad. Okay. Well, so when you start thinking about the sex industry, when you start thinking about pornography and stripping and all of these other things, it's bad. Those girls, they're dirty. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, um, when I was a senior in high school, I was really struggling with what I wanted to do with my life. I had no clue. Um, and one night during a quiet time, I read, and you kind of, kind of quoted it a little bit. I don't know if you know if you did when you were talking. Um, but it's Proverbs thirty-one, eight through nine, and it says, "Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy." and um so i i clung to that verse i was like okay lord you want me to be a lawyer because it's talking about judge you like what do you want me to do okay mm-hmm. cool so i was on the lawyer path um and um come to find out a friend had the red x on her hand one day which i don't know if you're familiar with the yes. movement um but it's pretty much just a talking point about human trafficking and so i saw that on her hand and i thought oh my gosh this is so awful and and, you know, all of these preconceived notions I had had about girls in the sex industry, I just was kind of battling with those. And and all of a sudden, it was just like the Lord spoke to me. And he was like, Hannah, I love them just as much as I love you. Will you love them too? And I was like, okay, Lord, that's what you want me to do. And, and so I really started diving into the whole sex traffic. I've been to conferences and I've uh, done a lot of research. And it's really dark. Um mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think that everyone is called to dig into these type things, um, but I do think everyone should be aware of them, um, which is kind of what the Lord has instilled in me, and that's why I do what I do. Um, and I have written several articles for the stand. Um, it's kind of funny, sometimes they're like, "Can know, can you not write a human trafficking article? <laughs> 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 can we get something new today? <laughs> and I was like, so like come <laughs> on guys just, just, just kidding they don't do that I but. Know, I know. <laughs> but um it is funny um not really but but that's just what the lord is um okay. burdening me with and i was gonna scroll to i've got a couple of the last mm-hmm. and i and i cover sex trafficking as well as like sexual abuse and pornography mm-hmm. so you know all of those cheery topics um but um i'm fine. But at asa.net slash the stand, mm-hmm. um, there's all of my articles. And so there's some that are happy. Um, there's some that, you know, I, I deal a lot with anxiety. Um, there's some for that. Um, Proverbs 31, what that means about career. That's one of my recent ones. Um, I wrote about, um, you know, praying for the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote about, there's some wedding blogs in there. <laughs> um, so there's some half ones, I promise. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, so there's just a, a, a large realm of articles that are right. but trafficking is definitely where the Lord has mm-hmm. just burdened me for, um, and so that's what I tried to do.
0: <laughs> I think
1: it's amazing that you get
0: to talk about basically your heart. Um, like you said, mm-hmm. you can go from either talking about your wedding or um, human trafficking. Right. It's like two scales on the spectrum, exactly. and so <laughs> Um, but it it amazes me and that's what really has drawn me into looking into AFA is because you get to write about what you want to write about. Um, and I know there's probably some different things because you have people to answer to, but, um, it just, (laughs) it amazes me.
1: And and it's so cool because that verse that the Lord drew me to, you know, like Mm -hmm. we stand up for the unborn, we stand up for human trafficking victims, we, we, for those without, parents like we we do a lot with adoption and fatherlessness um you know different projects so (laughs) sorry um and so the lord led me to a place where i could do all of it you know um it's been a really awesome experience
0: that's amazing and before we wrap up really quickly um i want to ask you how can listeners keep up with you how can they read your articles on the
1: stand yes so um afa.net slash the stand um, there you will find not only our online blog, and there's a ton of great articles on there from, um, my coworkers, um, ranging from everything, um, all kinds of topics. Uh, the latest one that they just wrote was actually about turning red, so yes. you'll have to go check that one out. My coworker Rebecca wrote it. Um, but, um. So, afa.net slash the stand, and also there is, um, there's a tiny tab up at the top that says the stand print, mm-hmm. um, and that you can actually click and get a digital, co- see a digital copy of our, um, print magazines for the year, and you can also subscribe, um, to the print magazine, um, by calling us here at AFA. um, but, yeah, the, definitely the link and type in, in afa.net slash stand is easiest. You can go to my author page if, yes. if you're looking for me specifically, but, <laughs>
0: Incredible. Um I will link all of that. I will link afa.net all of the above so people can find um any articles they want. I know that either people know about AFA or people don't know about AFA. Like so right. I, there's no in between. There is no in between. So I want people more people to know because it's impacted my life. I love listening to AFR. I love reading the articles. Um it really when you are informed, it helps you advocate for either whatever you want to, Um, that's like we said, use your voice. That should be the call to action for this episode. But um, if you're reading on human trafficking, talk about it. If you are reading into the pro-life movement, please, please talk about it, Um, whatever it may be. So use your voice for good. Um, Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on. We have loved um, having you on and thank you for speaking on this topic thank you for having me it's been such an awesome time i've enjoyed it thank you